Listener Production. Northern Hemisphere's stock markets continue to be nobbled by a March higher for interest rates. And Aussie shares expected to open lower on Friday ahead of earnings from Magellan Financial Services. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday, August 18. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Ryan, that inexorable rise of long and short-term interest rates, it's like a tick in the ear. Certainly is. The global bond market sell-off has intensified and that's led to a three-day slump on US share markets. And what we did see, Tom, overnight was the Dow Jones finished lower by 290 points or 0.8%. It's worth noting that the Dow Jones was up by around 123 points earlier in the session, but fell 0.8%, as did the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ was down by 158 points or 1.2%. The markets did try to make a fist of things in the early part of the US session. They were only modest gains and symbolic, if anything, but... Uh, They had a couple of goes at moving higher and then just failed and finished around session lows. That's not uh, an encouraging sign. But importantly, uh, we've had some important feedback, haven't we, Ryan? We we shouldn't be focusing too much on the bond markets. Good morning, Nick, if you're listening. But it's worth pointing out that the 10-year Treasury note in the US at one stage, the highest level since 2007, late 2007, got as high as 432 you know, those sorts of things aren't helpful as far as stocks are concerned. Yes, and a break above 4.338% reached in October would send the yields to the highest level since November 2007. So really what we're seeing at the moment, Tom, is a continuation of those bond yields lifting. That's on the back of continuing strong economic data. We've had housing starts, retail sales and jobless claims all reinforcing the picture of a robust United States economy. So another rate hike can't be ruled out and investors, particularly in the share market, are also pricing in that interest rates will remain higher for longer. So last night, we saw claims for unemployment benefits fall by 11,000 last week to 239,000. So that was unexpected. And we also saw a little bit of a rebound in manufacturing activity in the Philadelphia region. I think you reflect on an important point when it comes to the US economy is that it is doing quite well under the circumstances of aggressive rate hikes. And I suppose it's all about where the rubber hits the road on that type of thinking. And an example of that is in terms of energy consumption. So we have seen oil prices do quite well in recent sessions, and we've had new inventory figures again in the last day. On average, Ryan, US oil inventories have fallen uh, just less than 10 million barrels, for example, on average for each of the last three weeks. And that has been a fundamental factor in supporting oil prices at a time when they've been running into a very solid headwind in the form of downgrading expectations for the Chinese economy. It's a bit of a push-me-pull-me situation between those two polar opposites. Uh, nonetheless, in the overnight session, what has stood out in both US and European markets is that you have seen an outperformance of energy stocks. They were amongst the most improved both in Europe and the United States. So to give you an example, last night, Chevron up by around 2%, Exxon, a similar amount, Phillips up by about the same amount. So that's something to bear in mind as we start the uh, outlook for the Australian market today. Absolutely. We have seen oil prices lift on Thursday after falling for three straight sessions. The US dollar has eased a little bit and China's central bank has sought to bolster the property market and wider economy. We have seen China's central bank more active in keeping liquidity at reasonable ample levels. 
and they've maintained precise and forceful policy to support the economic recovery against headwinds. So on the back of that, we did see more bullishness from all traders. They perceive China isn't going to tolerate weakness in economic activity anymore. And China made a rare draw on crude oil inventories in July, Tom. That's the first time in 33 months it has dipped into its storage. So that has also led to oil prices lifting overnight. And they did lift by 1.3% the US NYMEX price to 80.39 US dollars a barrel. What else stood out for you uh, last night in the US? Well, the healthcare sector was the leading laggard and was very idiosyncratic to the United States, less important for us. But what we did see last night was shares of CVS Health tumble 8.1% on news that Blue Shield of California plans to cut its reliance on the company as its pharmacy benefit manager and work with others, including Amazon.com. So that sent shares of major health insurance, United Health and Cigna, which also have PBM units down 1.9% and 6.4% respectively. So we are seeing disruptions in the healthcare sector in the United States as companies attempt to drive down costs. So if you look at the company CVS, it is a non-profit health insurer. It has 4.8 million members and expects to move to the low-cost pharmacies will provide $500 million in annual savings on drug costs. So certainly that may lead to lower health care insurance premiums, perhaps. Indeed. So quickly switching to what took place in the European sphere, we saw, again, uh, interest rates up, stocks down. In the UK, the market was down by two-thirds of a percent. The French index down by... 0.9 of a percent. The German index down 0.7. The broader measure of European stock performance down by 1.2 percent, and it was a similar complexion as far as the sector makeup was concerned in Europe. Uh, we had energy as the outperformer. Shell shares were up 0.6 of a percent. Total up three quarters of a percent. BP up by a third of a percent. The underperformers reflecting that move higher for European interest rates, consumer discretionary, real estate, and technology stocks just dragging their heels, Ryan. And the other notable thing that happened overnight in Europe, Tom, was that Norway Central Bank, Norges Bank, it lifted its policy rate by 25 basis points to 4%. So we did see really sentiment around bond yields, also further signs that major central banks will keep interest rates higher for longer, really impacting that market too. In fact, in the United Kingdom, we saw the 10-year gilt yield, so the UK government bond yield, jumped to a peak of 4.75% the 10-year, and that's its highest level since October 2008. And that's really on the back of markets pricing in a 70% chance the Bank of England's benchmark rate will hit 6% by December on the back of a lift in wages and also inflation. Just pivoting back to the US, Tom, one result that stood out last night was Walmart. So its share price was down last night, and we did see it fall eventually by 2.2%, but it raised its full-year forecast after beating second quarter sales estimates. So Walmart lifted its outlook for the full fiscal year after beating Wall Street's expectations for sales and earnings. E-commerce sales for Walmart US jumped 24% year-on-year. Chief Financial Officer John Rainey said there was modest improvement of sales of big-ticket and discretionary items in the quarter. And importantly, what they have seen is quite strong sales, or at least demand, from frugal customers. So We did see uh, certainly Walmart come out and say that they're better insulated from shoppers changing tastes and reactions to economic factors like high inflation because they sell more everyday staples as the nation's largest grocer. So they did say, Mr. Rainey, he said that he is surprised by consumers and their willingness to spend, but they still want to save money. So customers are buying more food from Walmart's private brands 
which typically costs less. So it's not surprising, is it, that you, you see that move higher for, for oil prices again. Petrol prices are so important in the psychology of Americans in particularly for a variety of reasons, but th- there's a straight line relationship between those two outcomes. And also, you know, you see those stronger retail sales that we were talking about in the US earlier in the week, and then you see a result from uh, Walmart like this. Again, that's the important uh, information landscape for for market analysts, for fund managers, they're all looking at this microscopic detail, trying to identify the turning points. And it's no secret that there is now a slightly better feeling about the way that the US economy is doing, thanks to these types of outcomes, I suppose. And just finally, Cisco Systems were out last night, and we did see the shares of computer networking giant add around 4%. And that's after they reported earnings post-market on Wednesday that beat Wall Street's expectations. And in their results, there was a big focus on artificial intelligence. Of course there was. So we need to reflect on the local market in a little more depth because the last day has been quite important uh, in terms of the divergence in the conversation between what we're seeing in the Northern Hemisphere in relation to interest rates. Uh, Locally yesterday, of course, we saw the weaker employment report the day before. We saw a soft reading on wages, two critical outcomes in relation to the outlook for interest rates. Given the pressure that we're seeing for stock markets around the world, there is a potential for the Australian market to perhaps at least consolidate given how much it has sold off over the course of the last couple of days. So Yesterday was interesting, Ryan, in terms of the price action because you saw the ASX 200 sell off quite aggressively in the early part of the session. It was down by 1.2%. It was looking like it wanted to make new lows, but it held off until the release of the labor market report and the recovery that we saw thereafter was quite telling for the local share market. There was a visible exhalation of relief when these numbers were softer than expected. Well, Aussie employers surprisingly shed 14,600 jobs in July. That sent the unemployment rate unexpectedly up from 3.5% to 3.7%. That's the highest level since May 2022. What stood out there was that we saw 24,200 full-time jobs shed in the month of July. At the same time, that 14,600 decline was the biggest decline in 21 months. So What it suggests is that the labour market may finally be cooling in Australia. That said, the Bureau of Statistics did come out and say July being month of school holidays, typically there's some volatility in the labour market figures. But if you look at those measures of spare capacity, like underutilisation, which measures Australians wanting to work more hours, that lifted from 9.9% in June to 10.1% in July. That's the highest level since March 2022. And this all points to a bit of a cooling in labour market demand, but at the same time, got a situation where population growth is extremely strong at the moment on the back of overseas migration. So labour supply is increasing and the unemployment rate is expected to lift. And what that all means is that the Reserve Bank is unlikely to lift interest rates when they next meet on September the 5th. Indeed. So in terms of the way that the share market has played out this week, you know, in particular, mining stocks have been under a lot of pressure because of that weaker pulse of growth news out of China, uh, particularly lithium stocks. So uh, lithium prices have come off uh, in China. That has been reflected in the fortunes of Pilbara Minerals, which is down 13% this week. Uh, 
uh, Core Lithium down by around 30%. That's a big drawdown on that stock. Uh, but what uh, we've also seen is that move higher for interest rates has undermined gold stocks. So Evolution Mining's down by about 10%. Then, of course, we're in the throes of the reporting season, right in the thick of it. Organizations that have reported better numbers have been well rewarded. Super cheap auto up 10%, car sales up 13%, Ingham's chicken up by 13% as well. So, you know, it, re- it really is a market that is being drawn in disparate directions. Very idiosyncratic at the moment. You've got the geopolitical tensions, obviously, in Ukraine and Russia. You've got China's economic slowdown, worries about higher interest rates and inflation. Certain companies also releasing results, and they've got their own issues that they're contending with and, and reporting. So it's quite a difficult market to navigate at the moment. The iron ore price was up 0.8% last night to 105.64 US dollars a tonne. So we may see some support for the resources sector today. Copper prices were up 0.9%. Aluminium was up 0.8%. And that was really on the back of gains following China Central Bank's injection of more liquidity into the market to support financial assets, while major state-owned banks sold US dollars to buy yuan to prop that currency up. So we could see a little bit of a bounce in commodity shares today, but we do have a lot of companies releasing earnings today, Tom, including Magellan Financial Group. Uh, We've got Allchem reporting results as well. Spark Infrastructure will be reporting numbers. Ansel goes ex-dividend. And uh, we've got Newcrest Mining amongst the others going ex-dividend today. Indeed. Magellan stands out. Look out for that one today. The Aussie dollar has gone from rooster to feather duster in recent times and the downward pressure has continued. Uh, We have seen the currency trade as low as 63.7 US cents overnight. And as we commence the regional session, we've got the local unit changing hands at around 64 US cents. And we did see the Aussie dollar uh, obviously under pressure yesterday after the yuan hit its lowest level since November 2022, following a a weak array of economic data, Tom. Indeed. Uh, Another important announcement, which we would like to sincerely thank you, uh, our listeners, for We have crossed the Rubicon in terms of a a million downloads since we have started our revamped format. For that, we are immensely grateful. We get up in the morning trying to uh, help our listeners understand a little bit more about what's going on in the markets, and we're very grateful for your faith being shown in that regard. So thank you very much. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.